Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Going for Two with Jack Taylor. My name is Jack Taylor. And my name is Hunter, too. And it is Rivalry Week. Uh, we are stoked for the lineup of games that we have this weekend as we look through it and made our pickums, which we always do just before the episode. Um, we're just... It's just going to be an incredible slate of games, starting on Thursday with the Egg Bowl, going through um, late Saturday night. So um, it's going to be a really, really fun last week of the regular season, and um, man, there's still a lot to be to be proven for the teams that could s- still be in the playoff. A lot could unfold this week, and uh, we're going to talk about all of it here in this episode. So um, going to be a pretty normal layout, as it always is, but I wanted to start off with a little monologue. Is this like but, our third, like, I mean... Since like year one, when did we ever have a Tuesday night episode? It's, it's weird. I guess we had to do it for the Egg Bowls. Um, I'm not sure if we've ever done an Egg Bowl episode. Yeah, I guess we just go home and forget that football exists. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, just wanted to to give a little monologue on the, how fragile life can be sometimes. Um, it has many ups and downs. You can never get too high and never get too low. A great philosopher named Tanner Allen once said that. Um, uh, on Monday night, our basketball team beat Marquette to, to become 5-0. and uh, Really, the, the first statement win in the Chris Jans era. Um, and then it was immediate, that, that news of that game was immediately followed up by NCAA football um, being announced that that new game will not be made until 2024, which was supposed to be summer of 2023. So that's a huge blow to the psyche uh, of our of our offense, and then um, me and Hunter, as co-managers of a fantasy football team, suffered a point or a zero point zero two point loss to uh, to our opponent, who it was coming into the week zero and ten, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a painful it was a painful realization there when when the final score was posted. So pending uh, um, stat corrections, we have lost by. Less than one yard of offense. Um, just indescribable joy with the basketball game, and it was followed immediately by unimaginable pain. Um, but if that's if that's what it takes for us to win a, a national championship in basketball um, and the Egg Bowl, um, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take one loss in fantasy and waiting a year and a half for a football game that I haven't played since I was in eighth grade. Um, you know what? I'll take it. Because obviously those things are confirmed now that all this lost. Because we can never get too low. So that means we're on the come up now. Um, but yeah, welcome back to Going for Two. That is the start of our episode. And now we will begin talking about college football. Anything to add? Uh, do, do we really we have start? to talk about college football? I mean, where's the fun in that? What do you want to talk about? Yeah, probably college football. Um, okay. Yeah, so, so last week the, there was... It was it was the week of like the almost upset. Like yeah. Football was almost turned on its head completely. Um but it wasn't. Um Ohio State played really really close with Maryland. Uh score says they won by 13. Uh, there was a fluke touchdown at the end mm-hmm. for Ohio State. Uh that one didn't seem right. Um so that was a weird one. And then Michigan also in a look ahead spot. Um looking forward to the game had just just a really rough outing and went down to the wire with Brett Bielema <laughs> fighting Illini. Yeah. And there was it was like a, a 
one period where I saw Brandon Walker tweet, what if Michigan and Ohio State are just both not good? You know, and they've just been faking it this whole time. And it seemed like that. Um, yeah. yeah they were playing say, at the same time. You say that about them. And and then Georgia goes out mm-hmm. and beats Kentucky 16-6. to Yeah. And I don't I didn't watch any of that game, but according to Twitter, there was just like a terrible turn of events for for Kentucky, like that where they could have possibly been in it. But um, but no, Georgia. I takes assume their... it revolved around Will Levis. Um, yeah, I'm I'm almost certain. And then and you know it's it's every week at this point. Uh, TCU, um, TCU win normal challenge difficulty Heisman. Heisman, I believe, yeah. Um, yeah, so so they they end this one with a runoff, walk-off field goal. Yeah, it was a fourth-down situation, so they couldn't spike the ball, so it was like they, they had to get their field goal they unit ran, to ran it on like third and eight with no timeouts, with the clock mm-hmm. winding down, and then sprinted on. The kicker didn't have time to even, like, do like his thing like two steps back three yeah no um none of that um who needs and it was a field goal that like if he had missed it like they were like they were down when he kicked it like if he had missed it it would have been a loss um so yeah so so that was a wild one tcu continues to to do that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. um but yeah that was a pretty fun just those were pretty fun on their own and and then it kept on going and yeah, um, UNC is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, we we knew that one was going to happen. A uh, random Georgia Tech win. Um, you never know where those come from. Yeah, interim coach, anything can happen. They, they'll either he's, lose. He's no Cadillac Williams, but. Yeah. Yeah, and, Georgia uh, Tech's weird, but UNC is worse. Um, mm-hmm. Then we had Utah. Uh, in uh in eugene this week and this one i mean it was a what was a top 12 matchup like it's not a, not a super shocking loss for them but they will be out of uh, it was an impressively the... shocking loss for them cam rising was given eight chances to win that game <laughs> i'm talking about like, on paper yeah. no no i needed this for the pick and and i didn't get it um, and you picked against bo nix at home i picked against bo nix thinking that he wouldn't play and then Bo Nix um, rushing one time on a designed run beat me mm-hmm. because Cam Rising went out and threw three interceptions. Well, uh, experts knew this was going to happen, so. I'm sad. But we're still alive. Mm-hmm. And then sure. Tennessee. Uh, Beamer ball, I guess. This is the most shocking, and not even the fact that Tennessee lost but the fact that South Carolina scored 63 points, mm-hmm. um, they punted one time in the game, and it was the first possession of the second half. Um, they scored a touchdown every possession of the first half. And, I mean, it was just like they, their offense literally could not be stopped by this Tennessee defense that we already knew was kind of suspect. But it, that, that, is a, that is a dead team, uh, especially with the news that uh, Hinden Hooker is out for the year with an ACL tear. Um, my goodness, they 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 went from like comparing themselves to twenty nineteen LSU to now, it's a very much like a twenty fourteen Mississippi State kind of feel. Um, 
like I'm sure they'll still get to a New Year's Six Bowl, but you know, a team that all the wind is out of their sails, so they may not even win that. They have a randomly tough game with Vanderbilt coming up this week. They're only 14 point favorites, and Vanderbilt is coming in on a two game SEC win streak. So that's it's insane. Tennessee fans are they gonna you still think they're gonna checker uh, Nashville? Surely not, right? <laughs> I don't. I don't know why they why they would now. I mean, they're not playing for anything. That could have been like their chance to like seal the East uh, or whatever if they had, if things had gone their way in the Georgia game and and beyond. But oh well. I mean, heck, if they won that South Carolina game, this was gonna de- like if they, they just that, win that, out. that'd be their final game to get into the into the playoff. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Tennessee. Um. Hated it for you. Um. Couldn't have it happen to a better fan base. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. All of those teams that we just talked about, their playoff chances are dead. Not really mm-hmm. sure if UNC really had one. Uh, Utah had an outside chance, and Tennessee was kind of in great kind position. Of a, kind of a lock, you know. With with South Carolina and Vandy left on their schedule, all they had to do was win those two games, you know. Yeah. Um, so, so. You'd assume that would make me pretty happy. Only one of those is from the Pac-12. But no, Clemson is back in this. Um, they have a weird outside chance of the Pac-12 loser has... of the Pac-12 winner ends up having two losses and uh, TCU loses in the championship. Uh, Clemson's back. Mm-hmm. I don't enjoy that, but, but we'll talk about more more of that later. And, and speaking of the Pac-12... Uh, USC beat UCLA. Um, yeah. Let me, let me pull up Caleb Williams' stats right here. Um, and just looking at these stats, I think he's going to be going to the city so nice they named it twice. New York City, baby, <laughs> for the Heisman ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, so you think he'll be there? I think he's going to win it. Um, really? Uh, I mean, CJ Stroud's... I don't think he's going to put up like insane numbers against Michigan. And Caleb hmm. has another he has two more big games to put up numbers. Like and he put up like 504. <laughs> yeah, wow. Like huh. I mean I, I know it's he's definitely not like a it's, it's not like a dark horse all year. I mean, we've said his name since he got to Oklahoma. He's been around but... third or third all year. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I think it lines up for him to win it. I mean, okay. He has Notre Dame this week, and then the Pac-12 championship. Those those are two huge games. Yeah. And coming off of this one, uh, the Rose Bowl looked great. Um, packed house. That was a that was a big game. Turned into one of those at the end where if you punt, you lose. And he was able to not let his team punt. So. Yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah, that was that was another big one. Um, UCLA and any yeah you know, any chance they've had at the playoff has has been taken away in the last two weeks. Uh, they had lost to Arizona two weeks ago, right? Yeah, last week they lost to Arizona. Okay, yeah, Arizona and now to USC. So um, USC, the last hope for the Pac-12, um, and. 
who knows? Uh, a game against really a game against Notre Dame that means a lot to to the playoff picture and a lot to me and Hunter. We'll talk about that later. Um, last thing we want to say about last week is that Vanderbilt officially, as we already mentioned, has a SEC winning streak with wins against um, Kentucky and now now Florida. They've been fined two hundred fifty thousand dollars for politely storming the field by using the stairs that were provided for them. Um, and in other huge news, Texas A&M has snapped their losing streak and has now won a game for the first time since September. Um, they were beating UMass 10-3 to in the third quarter. And there, were, there was an attendance uh, announced of 93,000, and I, I would be shocked if it was 9,300 that game. Um, I Could you imagine still having to do those midnight yells? I, I don't know how they do it. Their, their last home win before this was September 17th. Yeah, because their last win was Arkansas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that seemed like a big one at the time. Like, holy crap. I think they beat it. That was... I think Arkansas is a top 10 team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was the part of the year where uh, an SEC team would get up to top 10 and then blow it. Um, hey, Kentucky. Man. I guess Tennessee ended up blowing it. Um, but, yeah. I don't know. All right, so that's going to do it for the notable things that happened last week around the country. But for Mississippi State, one notable thing that happened in the midst of like just a blowout of uh, Eastern Tennessee State um, – Emmanuel Forbes makes history with his sixth career pick six. Uh, he broke the SEC record, and he's now tied for first in FBS history with six pick sixes. Uh, say that ten times fast. Um, yeah, so he is now tied with a player from UAB, I believe, who did who had six in one year. Um, so we're not going to talk about that. We're just going to say that Forbes is tied for first. Um but yeah, what Hunter and I thought would be a good idea to kind of honor this this record-breaking uh, performance from Emmanuel Forbes, we're going to power rank all six of the pick sixes. Three of them were from 2020. Three of them have been this year. And he's presumably only got one more shot to, to get another one because I'm seriously doubting that he's going to play in a bowl game. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I mean, I don't know. I was going to say something about coaching turnover, but. I don't know if we'll have one of those. Um, but, yeah, he's he's definitely gone after this year, so uh, probably not going to play in a bowl game. Um, but how do you think – what do you think the best way to do this is? You want to do all six let's, of these? Let's power? do together. Let's do together. Okay. Um, Basically, let's you with... lead and I'll agree. Okay. Um, I think the worst – like the, just the least exciting one would be the – Tulsa one. His, he just kind of tracked it like an outfielder and then just jogged to the dugout. Yeah, but it um, was quietly like a 93-yard return. But it was like there were flags all over the field, and it went to commercial break, and you had to like wait till the commercial was over to know if like the flag took it away. Or, like it, the, the TV timeouts did not help his case on that one. Uh, what about Missouri 2020? I forgot about that one. Um, that one's like was, the most vanilla but mattered. Okay. The Kentucky one this year was kind of boring. I mean, he just jumped a route and ran. Yeah, but that gave me life. Okay. Um, you want to start with number one? Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, number one is Texas A&M 2020. A ball bounced 13 yards off of an A&M player's helmet back into the backfield, and it, Forbes just took it and, and ran with it. Um, it was off of Kellen Mond in Kellen Mond's ninth year in, in college football, so that makes it even more special. So that's going to be number one for me. Um, I think number two might be East Tennessee State. It had the least meaning of all of these, but it did come off of like a kick ball, and then he was about to be tackled immediately after he caught it in spun move. Did a, did a spin move? I said spun move. He did a spin move, <laughs> and, and then um, kind of ran uncontested after that. So I'll say A&M 2020 is one. East Tennessee State is two. Um, um, uh, A&M, A&M this 22. year? Yeah. A&M this year, where he caught the ball, or he had to bobble the ball and tiptoe right on the out-of-bounds line. Um, I still don't know how he stayed in. Dude has to have small feet. KD is wishing he was. I gotta see right him. Um, um, so that's that's the top three. So now we're down to. I'll say Missouri twenty twenty is last. Yeah. Um, Tulsa twenty twenty is next to last, and, and then Kentucky Kentucky is fourth. Yeah. Okay. I'm fine with that. So final rankings: Texas A and M twenty twenty, East Tennessee State twenty two. Um, Texas A&M 22, Kentucky 22, and then we've got Tulsa 20 and Missouri 20. Sorry it's hard to follow, but there are videos on, on YouTube that have all of his pick sixes together. It shouldn't so, um, be this hard to rank someone's career pick sixes. Yeah. Jonathan ben- you might you might think, like, surely Jonathan Banks had that many. He did have two in one game against Tim Tebow, but he had three in his career, so... This guy has twice as many as Jonathan Banks, who won the, um, the what was the, the, he won the Thorpe Award, and Emmanuel Forbes is a finalist for it. Hopefully, he can bring it home. I mean, that would be pretty awesome, um, but who knows? Emmanuel Forbes, congrats to him. Me and Hunter have kind of been calling this since 2020. I mean, we we knew he was a dog, opposite the field of uh, of Martin Emerson, but he's been the guy for for really two whole years and and if you want to count 2020 as as a big year for him you can certainly do that as well um but he's been a dog and he's the next next big mississippi state player to be in the nfl i'm pretty sure so um that's going to do it on our little little honoring of emmanuel forbes but now what we've got is what we've all been waiting for egg bowl preview time egg bowl preview um i mean it seems like the season just started, and now the egg ball is coming in like an Airbus A380, and we are, I'm not even sure if I'm ready for it, but it's coming Thursday regardless of if we're ready, so let's do this thing. All right. I just want to start this off by giving a stat that I saw this week that I truly did not believe, but it makes sense. Um, so here we go. We are 14-0. and under Mike Leach when we've scored 30 or more points. 14-0. and And it may be unbelievable, may seem unbelievable, but when our offense is clicking, no, I truly don't think anybody can beat us. And that, I know that that might seem like we're, we can just beat anybody, but no, when we play teams that are really, really good, our offense never clicks. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not, we never get in like a shootout with Alabama or Georgia or 
anybody remotely better than us. But those shootouts like, against Louisiana Tech. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that 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 game, which was his, was that his first game? No. No, that was the second. That was last year. Okay, never mind. Um, yeah. So my advice for Mississippi State in this game: score thirty or more points. Mm-hmm. Right. Just do it. All right. What yeah, yeah, that was, that was a pretty good uh, point. Um, mm-hmm. Ole Miss gives up 250, uh, 215 passing yards a game and 170 rushing yards. Uh, we have good running backs. We just saw Arkansas run straight through them. We have to try and establish the run this week. You know, something that I've kind of been like, yeah, we can we can just pass it outside. No, um, let's bully them inside. Um, it's going to be cold and rainy, so let's play football. Let's do it. I mean... We saw last year, I mean, it's it's the game we've been talking about for 12 months now that, you know, man, if it just wasn't raining, uh, we would have won that game because Tulu would have caught the ball and, and Marks would have caught the ball. Well, they did it, and it was cold and rainy. There's no change in it. We lost the game, um, and who knows? We could have lost the game even if they had caught those balls. Nobody's going to know. But it, same forecast for this year. I'm not sure if it's going to be that misting rain or if it's just going to be on and off, but it's going to be cold. It's going to be wet, and passing offenses especially ours seem to suffer whenever that happens um i mean we went through stretches in the auburn game when it was kind of cold and wet when we just weren't catching the ball we went through stretches in georgia or against georgia where we did the same exact thing um even when it's dry our our receivers just kind of lose focus sometimes so i mean this has to be like you just have to have intense focus the whole whole game all four quarters or we're going to make stupid mistakes that are going to cost us the game. Um, I think the best way to minimize that is just what you said. Just try to try to run, try to bully them in the middle. I mean, Arkansas ran for 300-plus yards against them. Like, Arkansas didn't do that against us. Um, our Ole Miss's run defense just isn't very good. and Their defense isn't really that. good. Their Jack, defense, tell yeah, me. Their defense. Tell me. What? Who's Ole Miss's best win this year? Um, I believe I would have to say Kentucky. I wonder who they played. I wonder who Ole Miss played on the road that beat Kentucky. Wait, am I missing somebody obvious? I think it's Vanderbilt. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I guess so. That is so gross. Man. Yeah, I hate that. Um I guess I guess we can finally, you know, well, bring up the Can can you point to our best win? Oh, it's Arizona. Okay. I was thinking so and that's the only time we've played like well on the road, correct? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, Kentucky surely wasn't it. It's and Arizona. LSU right? wasn't it. What? I think it's our best win this year is Arizona. Yeah, who is a four-win team? It could be Arkansas. We killed them. That that I think that I mean, A and M was probably our most complete game, and I think they still had a chance to get back in it before we blocked a field goal and ran it back. Like, I don't know. Auburn um, may have been our worst game. Ah, uh, Jack, it was I think Kentucky, bad. Kentucky was our worst game. Yeah. 
We did. I mean, we at least got off to a good start against Auburn. I mean, putting seventeen first seventeen points on the board is pretty important. Okay. Do you but, want to um, break the floodgates on this thing, um, and stop talking about the stuff that really doesn't matter, um, and 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 talk about the Lane Kiffin stuff? We can do that. We can do that. Okay. Um. Just, just, just. You know. Let me. Let me. Let me pull up some stuff. So last night, um, we're all sitting there. You know, we're sweating out uh, fantasy football games. We're sweating out a big Mississippi State Bulldogs basketball win. Mm-hmm. And and a tweet guaranteed, goes out. Guaranteed national championship, by the way. So. From John Sokoloff. Breaking, Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin plans to step down as Rebels coach Friday and head to Auburn to become the Tigers' next head coach, according to sources. Sources say the Tigers haven't officially offered the job to anyone yet, so Lane to Auburn is officially happening. Story soon. Um, so, so, you know, Twitter erupts as it does. Before, and then, before, yeah, Lane obviously responded to this. That's what we're about to get to. Before Lane ever responded, there were over 900 retweets, like 700 quote tweets to this, um, thousand responses. I mean, it was immediate response yeah. to this. And then, um, yeah, um, so, so. I'm sitting here, I'm just refreshing Twitter at this point. I've been following Lane since, like, 2017. So, mm-hmm. I, I, I've been following him. I understand him. Um, so, I'm just sitting here refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. And then I see him retweet one of uh, Sokoloff's things. And then I see him quote tweet the tweet that we read. And says, that's new, news to me, John. Nice sources. And then prints out the thing. Uh, everyone's seen that. And then does does some other fun stuff. Yeah. All of all of this, while not saying I'm not going to Auburn. Yeah. Or the the easiest thing to say would be, I will be Ole Miss's head coach next year. Um, and yeah. the ability to not say that is pretty, pretty telling. <laughs> I mean, it's something that we haven't seen. I mean, I know this hasn't been very long, but like it's it's very similar to what we did see with Lincoln Riley last year. Like he would never say, "I'm gonna be the Oklahoma coach next year for the foreseeable future." All he would say was, "I promise, I'm not going to be the head coach at LSU." Like that's all he would say, and he was dead accurate on that. He's not the head coach at LSU, but he's also not at Oklahoma. So yeah, just being very cryptic, but also just being very straight up at the same time. Yeah, and the more that's come out, it, it appears that Lane will be going to Auburn, and the the stages of grief from Ole Miss fans, um, it's it's kind of fun to watch. Not gonna lie, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. a game a game that we haven't really mentioned too much, um, kind of added a, a little bit of a different twist to this. At one point, Arkansas was beating Ole Miss forty two to six the other day. Um, <laughs> And uh, at that point, you had Ole Miss fans like, Auburn can have him. You know, that's how quickly they've they turned on him. Or, you know, obviously we, we make the comparisons to Mullen in 2017. He's already got one foot out the door, you know, like, something like that. But, you know, it was just, it was funny seeing how quickly Ole Miss fans can turn when a game, one game doesn't go their way. 
Yeah, and now the message boards are, are going crazy about how he's going to go to Auburn and he'll be fired in a few years because all he's going to do is go 9-3. and three. Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> um, so, um, also, um, just to clear the air, Auburn is a better job than Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty, pretty sure on that one. Everyone yeah. talks about how... Um, Coaches go to Auburn to be fired. Um, what's the last good coach Auburn had? Because their last names sure were not Chiswick or Malzone or Harson. Like, like I mean, say what you want, but they're firing bad coaches. Yeah, the problem is the hiring of bad coaches. Yeah. Just don't be um, a bad coach, and it's not your problem. Which I, I mean, I'm not saying that they got the right guy for the job to do the best at hiring football coaches, but um, you know what? If he gets Kiffin, he'll be he'll be on the right track. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows? I mean, in some odd way, that could be like <laughs> that could have been his intention when he took the Auburn job anyway. Like still having Mississippi State in mind in some weird way, um, you know. I, I I know that's obviously not why he went to went to Auburn, but it is kind of funny. Um, and to address, I know we I guess we can't really talk about this without mentioning this. We have seen the message boards that have said that Mike Leach is stepping down on Friday, and it's because of a medical um, something. Uh, I I don't think there's any like credible source on that, especially not message boards. Um, I don't think Dan Mullen is going to be our coach on Friday. Um, I don't think that Rhett Hobart is going to be announced as our AD on Friday. Um, so, yeah, that's where we stand on that. Um, if they are, great. Then we'll be still be Mississippi State fans next year. But I don't think that that's going to happen. Either of those things. Do you agree? Uh, yeah. Um, I did get a little distracted because... Um, one of the Maction games tonight, uh, they said that the winner of Ball State, Miami, Ohio, <laughs> was going to go to the Bahamas Bowl. And, and it was called the Battle of the Bahamas. Battle for the Bahamas. And after the game, a bunch of the players randomly had Bahamas flags. <laughs> this was announced they, like two hours ago. I don't. They literally won a war. I love it so much. But, is, but yeah. is that what? What is the deal? Like, do they? Is the winner of the MAC just go to the Bahamas Bowl? I don't. This isn't even the MAC championship. It's just like two five-win teams, and, <laughs> and they played. The and heck? then the MAC was like, "Hey, bowl sponsor, want to send these kids to the Bahamas?" <laughs> so, so one of you gets to stay in Ohio, <laughs> or uh, Indiana, maybe, and then in. December, and then the other gets to go to the Bahamas. Woohoo! <laughs> I, love it. I love college football so much. But yeah, um, a lot of this, um, Lane's buy-in was not seen uh, last week in the Arkansas game. They just got absolutely throttled. Put up a bunch of yards, don't really care. I think I looked at in like, four, like 368 of them were in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. After KJ went to bed, and Arkansas clearly stopped trying, so yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that was a, it was a fun first two quarters and a few minutes of the third quarter to watch. I mean, seeing 42 to six was, was pretty comical. Can they not win up there? Is that, is that like a thing? I, I think the home team might just own this. Cause wasn't it like, didn't like Hugh Freeze like never went up there or something? Something like that. I don't know. I don't know the exact stats, but uh, a little bit more about the Egg Bowl as we kind of tr- are transitioning to our pick 'em. Um, a little bit more here, Jackson Dart. Um, I, I I really would love to have to see him win this game with his arm. I, I know we've talked about the the cold, rainy you know, element of the game. Well, we lead the SEC in interceptions with fourteen. A stat that I really found hard to believe, but I mean, once I thought about it, I was like, yeah, we do. We do intercept the ball a lot. I mean, we won a turnover battle against Georgia. Not that that really mattered. but um, So we have 14 interceptions on the year. I, I, I'd say let's make Jackson Dart contribute some of those now. Um, make him win the game with his arm because we know that Judkins can run with his legs. Is, do we, is, is Evans healthy? Do you know? His name is Zach Evans. Oh, yeah, Zach Evans. Yeah, he's good. Okay, he's going to be good. So. All right, um, and then Jackson Dart. I mean, I, we talked about it last week when we were reviewing the Georgia game. Um, you know, kind of like Stetson Bennett. I mean, he's he's mobile in his own way. Like he can he can you know with the pocket collapse, he can run twelve yards here, ten yards there. Um, let's just try to limit that. Make him do this with his arm, and I promise you, we'll force him into some mistakes. Um, also, looking at their running game that you know we just saw put up hundreds and hundreds of yards the other day against Arkansas, um, we give up about 150 rushing yards a game, and we have held Arkansas, Georgia, and Alabama, who are all pretty strong running teams. We've held them below their averages on the year. We held Bama to 29 rushing yards, which I had no idea that that happened because yeah. um, I was not watching that game. I was getting married at the time. Um Ole Miss runs 278 rushing yards a game, and I would say let's just keep them below that number. So score more than 30 points and don't let them run for 275 yards, and I think those might be two golden ticket ideas. You should be you should be a coach. I I, I could be in broadcasting. The keys for the game for this Mississippi State team. I could do it. I could do it. Yeah. Um, one last thing is about – kind of our strong slash weak points of the season. Field goal kicking has randomly turned into a strong suit, um, and we haven't missed an extra point in many weeks. And we had a lot of opportunities to miss extra points last week. Let me just say that. Um, uh, Kick and punt returns have been good. We've gotten a kick and a punt return uh, touchdown in the past three weeks, and I think we're one of four teams in the country that has done one of each this year, which is kind of odd. Um one thing that has just been horrible is punting. I mean, punting is bad enough right now that it could cost us a game just if we get into a field position battle with Ole Miss. And as we've mentioned several times already, it's going to be cold and it's going to be rainy. And th- that was the exact situation when we were uh, when we played Auburn. And one punter dropped a ball, and none of the punters could square up a ball. Um, had an average of like 29 yards on our punts or something like that. So and, gross. <laughs> and it's just, I, I'm going to be so angry. If punting is ultimately what costs us a game, I mean, 
I, it would be no shock if our offense is what costs us a game. But punting in special teams is just something that is so infuriating. Um, hopefully we've got something figured out. Hopefully we don't have to punt much at all. Um, but Next point, f- don't punt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, don't just, put yourself in fourth downs. Yeah. Something that we were really, really good at early in the year um, that we tapered off right around the t- Kentucky game, and it's just continued until now, um, it, with the exception of East Tennessee State, which, of course. But our red zone offense, I, I would really, really like us to, to um, capitalize on the red zone, just like, we obviously, we, we want that to happen. But we were, like, top in the nation at, at uh, capitalizing in the red zone, scoring touchdowns every single trip. Um, and us and Ole Miss have really, really tapered off in the, in the last few weeks. Ole Miss especially bad last week. Um, the good thing with Ole Miss is that if they don't capitalize in the red zone, they're more than likely not going to kick a field goal. They're going to go for it and try to put you in a bad spot. So, I mean, holding them in the red zone is ultimately important because you're not just holding them to three points. You're holding them to zero. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I just – we just, let's just get back to our ways of scoring in the red zone. I it, I miss it so much. The A&M and Arkansas games, no doubt the high points of our season. And those two weeks, we were just dominant when we when we would get to the red zone. So third key point that nobody else has thought of, score when you get inside the 25-yard line. Um, I'd say so, score any time. as we doesn't as we, matter as, what. As we recap. Score more than 30 points. Don't let Ole Miss run for 275 yards. And when you get inside the 25-yard line, score and oh, contribute don't have to those. The punt. Don't have the punt. Oh, yeah. Don't punt. And um, score when you're in the red zone and contribute to that 30-plus points. So that's it for me. That's it for the Egg Bowl. I'm sure everybody came here expecting a little bit more than that. But if you came here. There's some questions. We, we got some. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll touch on the Egg Bowl just a little bit more in our Instagram questions. But right now, what you've all been waiting for is the pick'em, the last pick'em of the season. Uh, it, unless we tie, which is all very, very possible, um, I'm up two games going into the final week. Uh, Hunter inch back and got one game last week. but That's so um, stupid. I, I went 9-1 yeah. and, and I got one game. <laughs> I went eight and two. We'd love to give a huge shout out right here to my wife, Courtney Taylor. Uh, she went nine and one as well. So oh, six, that just six, six, six. yeah, that just uh, waters down your nine and one week, Hunter. Um, but congratulations to Courtney and to you, Hunter. And uh, it doesn't are, water down; it makes it even better. <laughs> we have an all-time matchup: fifteen games for the first time ever. Fifteen games going into rivalry week, um, and I'm up two, as I said before. So. Without further ado, getting into it, game number one, and these first few games are happening on Friday. We'll we'll let you know when the when they start being on Saturday and ultimately on Thursday. But uh, game number one, Baylor at number twenty three, Texas. Yeah, I'm picking Texas here. Yeah, I don't have much to say. Baylor kind of stinks. Um, going but they, Texas, but they're kind of good. I can't tell. But Texas is kind of good, but they stink. Yeah. So what's the difference? Um, at that point, you just got to go with who's at home, right? I think so. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, next. All right, we've got game number two, NC State at number 17, North Carolina. Uh, NC State coming off of a heartbreaker against Louisville, and then UNC coming off of a, their 
shocking loss against Georgia Tech. So both teams trying to rebound here in a what I could only assume is a rivalry game. I know they're not in the same division, but what do we have here? Um, I'm taking I'm taking NC State. I mean, actually UNC. Sorry, I was I was reading from the pick. I'm not my not my list, but yeah. NC State is allergic to happiness. Mm-hmm. I mean, so so just give me UNC. Yeah, I mean, ever since the College World Series, uh, and then what else happened to them? Um, I don't know. Uh, they got left out of this year's College World Series. Yeah, just absolutely painful. Um, something else, though. I mean, I know they lost to Mississippi State in football, so that kind of stinks. Um, yeah, I'm going UNC as well. They they seem to escape close games all year. I wouldn't be surprised if this one was, came down to the wire uh, and. I think UNC will pull it out. Mm-hmm. All right, game number three, and we're getting into these rivalries that actually have names, so uh, get ready for that. This is also on Friday, and it's Arizona State at Arizona. So this will be the duel in the desert, and it's part of the Territorial Cup, which I never knew was a thing and wish I didn't. Um, it's a year-long sports uh, competition between Arizona and Arizona State in all 21 sports, men's and women's, um, compete and whoever has the most wins between these uh, 21 sports gets the cup at the end of the year. So you see, I was it. confused by this um, when when you told me about that earlier. I thought it switched between like every game. <laughs> like, like you they win just one always base, bring you it win, to them. You win one baseball game, you get it, and you lose the next day, and you're like, dang it. No, there's a softball game. Like right after, and then you have to give it to them. The baseball team just takes a picture with it, and they have to run on over to softball. They have to just rock paper scissors for who gets to spend the night with it. Or what if they play a double header, and they just have to share a hotel room with it? Who knows? Well, uh, however they they split custody with this trophy, I'm taking Arizona. Yeah, I'm a big uh, Jaden Delora fan, even though he ruined me uh, like two weeks ago. Um, so mm-hmm. give me Arizona. I like it. Um, for, former Mike Leach product, by the way. And then um, Arizona State, former friend of the program. Used to be on mm-hmm. Nor Pick'em like every week. For no reason Because Jaden Daniel was cool. And look at him now. About That's to wild. go to the national championship. Okay. Nope. Um, game number four, uh, it's the battle line rivalry, which I wish also wasn't a thing. Arkansas at Missouri. Um, Arkansas comes in as a three-point favorite in this game on Friday. Um, how are we feeling? I'm going Arkansas. Um, okay. I'm I'm not putting my. Um, I'm I'm not I'm not trusting Missouri. Okay. I still think Missouri has a really really good defense. They've they've played really strong against Georgia and against Tennessee. Um, one main reason I think I'm going to pick Missouri is last year Arkansas won every game that they had where a trophy is at play. So they beat A&M, they beat LSU, and they beat Missouri. And Sam Pittman took a picture in the locker room with all three of them and was like, check out what we have. And I really want him to take a picture in an empty locker room this year and just say, look what we have. Um, I know he won't do that, but just for the thought, I'm going to say Missouri. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty that. good. Pretty good logic. Okay. Yeah. Um, game number five. 
first ranked matchup that we have is number 19, Tulane, at number 24, Cincinnati. And according to you, this decides something in the American. Yeah, um, winner of this uh, goes to the championship, and then the loser has to do some weird stuff. But the winner hosts it. Okay. Yeah, I believe hosts it. I don't know. Stupid. All right. Um, I... I'm going to stick with my guns. It helped me last time we picked a two-lane game, which the fact that we've done that twice is really weird. Um, But I'm going to stick with Cincinnati because Tulane has a loss to Southern Miss on the year. Yeah, I'm going to stick to my Bearcats, and I'm going to take Cincinnati here. Okay. All right, game number six. The first game that we see on Saturday, so the rest of these minus the Egg Bowl will be on Saturday. Um, we have the biggest matchup of the weekend uh, with the highest uh, um, playoff implications is number three, Michigan, at number two, Ohio State. Michigan could start a winning streak against Ohio State um, after losing, like, what is it, like 15 straight or something? I don't even know. I think it was 11. 11, okay. Um, so I, I can pick this I can pick the next few first just to – let you off the hook, but um, I'll, I'll take Ohio State in this one. I know they're, they're favored by more than a touchdown, and for good reason. I think they're going to win it. Yeah, it's at Ohio State, and I don't think Michigan's coming in and doing that, so give me Ohio State. Yeah, although their their win last year in the snow, like the videos that came from them storming the field and you know the whole storyline of them not having done it in 11 years and getting to do that at home was really, really cool, um, but I, I – I think Ohio State's got them. Um, game number seven, which became interesting last week, South Carolina at number eight, Clemson. And it became interesting because uh, Clemson find, like, has another has a chance to make it to the playoff again. South Carolina has a chance to ruin another team's chance at the playoff. Um, and uh, still going to take Clemson here, though. Yeah, me too. Also forgot to mention, uh, the Palmetto Bowl is the name of this one. The game is the Michigan versus Ohio State. So, um, And then the big game is Cal versus Stanford. Wish you hadn't pointed that out. Um, but yeah, so I think Clemson's taking the Palmetto Bowl. And uh, now we got game number eight, a game you all know about. It's the Iron Bowl. Uh, Auburn at number seven, Alabama. And you may be wondering, why is this game on here? Alabama's just going to win by 21 and a half points right and to that i say no because you can't win by half of a point so um you're gonna have to pick over under <laughs> sometimes i say things and immediately i'm like that was the dumbest thing i've ever said and then four minutes later i'm gonna say something even dumber yeah um that would... yeah um, it would be fun for Auburn to win this. Yep. But I am not losing this pick'em, picking against Nick Saban. And Smart. I know you wouldn't pick Auburn, so there's there's no benefit of me picking Auburn. Give me yeah. Alabama. You gotta be. You gotta walk on eggshells when you're down by two games going into the final week. All right. Both taking Alabama there. Now we have another nameless rivalry. Um, Oklahoma at Texas Tech. Everything, and I mean everything, runs through Lubbock. Including that Sooner wagon. Give me the Sooners. 
they're 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 what you actually picked you picked texas tech oh shoot i did pick (laughs) i was like "Uh (laughs) uh-oh there goes my chance to win (laughs) yeah we already have these sorted out so um thanks for keeping me honest there hunter i just thought that was good narrative um that's what i was gonna say oh yeah well i'm taking i'm taking texas tech they gotta defend lubbock like it's um, the Alamo. Um, everything everything runs through Lubbock, um, in, including uh, that uh, Sooner wagon. The, the, that Sooner wagon. Uh, give me the Sooners. Mm-hmm. I like that pick a lot. I wish I would have done that. Um, <laughs> all right. So moving on. Game number ten. We've got Louisville at Kentucky in the Governor's Cup. Um, you know you can just call it Louisville, Kentucky, right? <laughs> <laughs> hate you um so yeah louisville at kentucky and no this is not an old miss and mississippi state midweek baseball game but it is the governor's cup so um i'm taking kentucky here yeah I, I, um i'm not picking will levis with with everything on the line um so give me louisville all right i'm not sure i would consider the governor's cup everything but you know everything different. for me <laughs> You're right. Um, now we've got another ranked matchup in uh, and some controversy in the name of this in the name of this rivalry. By the way, number nine Oregon at number twenty one Oregon State. Um, Oregon State kind of having a bounce back year, uh, and by bounce back I mean like they haven't been good in a while. So they were they were down on the trampoline for a while, and now they're they're up. So um, this game at one point was called the Civil War. Um, now it's just called the Oregon Classic. So that took a less controversial turn but doesn't sound nearly as cool yeah we're still calling it the civil war um mm-hmm. yeah if you're offended by that why um <laughs> that's probably shouldn't say that uh, it's okay um, it's literally the civil war <laughs> yeah <laughs> makes sense brother versus brother um so yeah i'm taking oregon here yeah i'm not picking against bo Nix again um yeah, give me Oregon. Bonex on the road though. He's sure to lose. I don't care. All right, it's game Pat number tw- Bo. He's so good. Game number twelve. We've got uh, number five LSU at Texas A and M. Um, I'm just gonna be quick with it. I think I'm gonna take LSU. Me too. But I right. would not be surprised if A and M won this. Yeah, I mean LSU fighting for an outside chance at the playoff. I guess still. Um, they just still have to go through Georgia, but in some way, a look ahead. I mean, A and M is terrible, but they have they have more talent than almost every other school in the country. So, no week am I going to be surprised if they win. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I'm taking LSU. Game number thirteen is number fifteen Notre Dame at number six USC. Um, just quite a quite an odd year for Notre Dame, who started off the year. Having a close game with Ohio State, everybody was like, "Oh, Notre Dame might be pretty good." Losses to Marshall, um, or a loss to Marshall, and then uh, their coach became Catholic, and they've just been on the roll since. So a loss to Stanford, didn't that? Shut it. Um, yeah, I'm taking Notre Dame here. Uh, um, I, I think they're going to make the upset. Uh, yeah, yeah, that that really scares me, but I'm going with USC. Um, Lincoln Riley's. Uh, Ability to get into the playoffs um, is what I'm writing here. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Um, 
And that is the Apple Cup, by the way. Uh, no, no, nope. no, that's nope. not. That's not. I'm looking ahead, looking ahead, looking ahead. Um, that, that one should one have. That for the. That one should have a name. It's. Is what I'm saying. It's the. They play for the jeweled. Um, like gavel or something? No. Um, it looks like. It's like an Irish gavel. But I don't want to say that word because I don't want to be wrong. One of the one of the better uniform matchups you'll ever see in a college football game, Notre Dame and USC. Hundred um, percent. And now we got game number fourteen, which I was looking ahead at. It's the Apple Cup. Um, number thirteen, Washington travels to Pullman to play Washington State, and uh, I don't know much about this game. I know both teams have had like big random wins this year. Um, out of conference, I believe. So, but I'm I'm just gonna take the higher ranked team here because I want to. I'm gonna take Washington. Yeah, Washington just re-signed their coach. Um, see, it is that easy. Um, Kalen DeBauer is, is back. Mm-hmm. So I think it's through like 2029 or something. So wow. so he's locked up for a long time. Um, give me Washington. Okay, I like it. And then the game we've all been waiting for. The game so nice. They give it to us all on our own. Thursday, it's the only game that's happening. Prime time on Thanksgiving. It's the Egg Bowl. Mississippi State at number 20, Ole Miss. Ole Miss favored by two and a half points. Um, should be a should be a classic. Should be a, should be a really, really wacky one with the whole Lane Kiffin. And now Mike Leach kind of rumors swirling around. Um, yeah. If, if, you're, if you're the family... That's sitting down Thanksgiving night, you know, and you're watching the Patriots at Vikings instead of this. Why? What are you getting out of this? Um, I mean, could you imagine watching a Thursday night football game? Or, I mean, not Thursday. It's not, no, it's not Thursday night football. Just watching like the Thanksgiving football games um, on like it, for the NFL and not seeing that 2019 Egg Bowl. Like, like <laughs> I, I, it is just it is a hilarious game every single year, and I'm only gonna bring up games that we've won. But like, sometimes you just get a full up brawl in the in the uh, in the end zone on a play that doesn't even count towards the game. <laughs> and sometimes some like washed podcast host will like put that on the pillow. And then... mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, right. That was before you were even a podcast host. Yeah, Wash King. It's the podcast that you know about. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you see uh, Jeff Simmons or Nick Fitzgerald, equally as cool and equally as good as at football, do a fins down. Um, it's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this game has been riddled with stars through the years. I just mentioned two of them: Shea Patterson, another. Um, yeah, I mean, this game is it's just the quality of play is so much better than the NFL. So, um, I'm taking Mississippi State in this one, and, and I'll tell you why. I don't know, but I knew that I didn't want to lose this pick'em by picking against Mississippi State. I, I had a sneaky suspicion that you might pick Ole Miss, and I wanted to to be able to say like I might have lost the pick'em, but I stuck to my guns. I stuck to Mississippi State. Um, it is a it is a rainy game. It's going to be a cold game. There's going to be 
um, some animosity on both sides, you know, whether or not it's shown as much as it did when we had a non-disciplinarian kind of coach um, in Joe Moorhead. Like, I don't whether know, or not the, the worst hate... fight that we've ever had was the Tulsa one. Yeah, but I mean, the, the Egg Bowl has just been severely more tame. Yeah, well, they've kind of, you know. What? Ran on us. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to find um, when you're getting ran on. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, whether or not the hatred really shows through in the game, like, you know it's going to be there. So, like, it's going to be a mental battle. I mean, I don't know how Ole Miss hasn't, hasn't pulled off whatever Kentucky can do every year, but, like, if they ever did that, I would be miserable. I mean, at least we've made the past – couple egg bowls competitive i mean they've been one score games i believe um but i'm I'm taking mississippi state in this one i I don't think we'll lose a third straight mike leach not a great rivalry coach but we need this one and this is to like keep his seat not hot to start next year if he's still around i mean we we need we need this one and i think we're going to get it yeah, um, some of the animosity that may show, and I don't know if it will, is Malik Heath um, is yeah. on the other side. So Speaking of fun. a fight against Tulsa. You know. so, so that'll be fun. We get the two members of the fight against Tulsa maybe lined up against each other, so that'll be a good time. Right. Yeah, everyone's been waiting for that one. Forbes yeah. and Heath? Yeah, I like yeah. it. It's going to be the best. Uh, I'm very excited for it, but I'm also picking Mississippi State. Um, I got to a point where I felt good in the pick I was like, okay, got four different. I'm going to ride with the dogs because I'm not losing it picking against them. It may not be wise, but people shouldn't have like concrete opinions on what's going to happen in the Egg Bowl. Yeah. It's, 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 on, it's, it's on vibes alone. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not smart to make a definite pick on something when – one of the teams in the Egg Bowl is a like a touchdown favorite or maybe even a little bit more. I don't know what it's been in the past, but this is literally just a toss-up. I mean, I think the only reason Ole Miss is favored right now is because they're at home. Um, so, it's so, I mean, it's, it's anybody's game. And I, I think, I know Mississippi State needs it more than Ole Miss does. Uh, Ole Miss has seen their, their chance at a SEC title at every – Thing that they want slip away. I mean, they're fighting for a Citrus Bowl. They're not even fighting for New Year's Six anymore because of all the SEC teams that are going to be ahead of them fighting for those spots. So, and then they're they've lost their coach pretty much. So, I mean, it's like not like they have too much to fight for. Um, if Kiffin coaches this game at all, how he coached the Arkansas game, and, and that the team plays like that, I mean, we, we should definitely win. But again. It's not smart to have any concrete thoughts about what's going to happen in the game. Um, we will move forward and make offensive and defensive guy predictions. So um, who do you think is going to be the offensive guy this week? I'll let you pick this one first. Okay. Um, Jaquavius Marks needs to have 100 all-purpose yards. Um, I, I would like to see predominantly rushing yards. Um, and two touchdowns. I think I think that's what we'll see from him, and what we really do need from him in a game like this. Okay. 
and I would say Dylan, but I, we just haven't seen much of him in the past few weeks. So um, hopefully he's back healthy and we have a one-two punch, always having a healthy, uh, you know, fresh guy in there. But if not, I mean, the main guy we're going to see is Dequavius Marks. So. Give me Tulu. Um, I'm not exactly sure if it'll be strictly offensively, but maybe a kick return. Uh, yeah. So. I mean, he had um, two touchdowns last week. Uh, I believe one of them was on a jet sweep, which, oh my goodness, how fun would that be to score a jet sweep touchdown against Ole Miss? Um, he had one through the air, one one on a jet sweep, which I guess that'll, that counted as a run. I really... I don't know how that works in Can't tell in college. Um, but yeah, uh, Tulu, the answer to our offense all year has been just put the ball in Tulu's hands in every possible way, and I promise you he can do something fun with it. Um, maybe we're finally starting to realize that, and I would love to see him make an impact. Um, all right, since you made me go first on offense, I'll let you go first on defense, and you can take who I know you're going to take. Give me Emmanuel Forbes. Let's let's break the record, dude. I mean, come I, on. I love Forbes so much. Um, he's been my constant source of happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah, uh, Forbes. Okay. Um, who am I gonna take? I really need somebody to get to Jackson Dart. I know Emmanuel Forbes can can get to him. I I really do want to see a fifty fifty ball. Uh, Emmanuel Forbes and Malik Heath. Hopefully, it's not one of the one of the random ones where Malik Heath comes down with it, but you know it may be. That's just what he does. Um, I want Nathan Pickering to get multiple sacks in this game. Okay. I don't know why I think that's going to happen, but he's an in-state guy, as most of our team is. But maybe there's maybe there's some animosity towards Ole Miss that I don't really know about. Let's 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 say there is. And he gets two sacks on Jackson Dart. Okay. I like and that. then give me a score prediction. Oh, I haven't even thought about a score prediction. Okay, what's what's the most cursed score there could be? Um I'll give mine first. Okay. I say we're gonna win thirty one to twenty nine. Love you said score thirty one. You're you're staying with it, aren't you? Mm-hmm. 31 to 29. Give me. I have to make. I have to see how I can. 28 26. Mississippi State. Okay. I like it. So both of those have Mississippi State winning. I'm saying 31 29. You're saying 28 26. Both two point games. Um, let's see how it works out. I'm, I'm excited for this game. I really am. Um, I'm almost equally as excited on what's going to happen on Friday, regardless of the the result of the game. I mean, seeing Ole Miss fans balance being happy that they beat Mississippi State and being devastated that uh, Lane Kiffin took a better job. Um, It's going to be fun to see, although I would much rather them have to double down on their disappointment with a loss in the Egg Bowl and a loss of their coach. Um, Anyway, should be a fun one, should be an entirely... Just insane weekend uh, for both our pick'em and for the nation all together. Um, but before we go, we finally do have some Instagram questions after taking a week off from those last week. Um, let's look at these. We have several today, so 
going to be they're going to be a significant part of the episode. We already expected this one to go late. So, um, first question is from Football Jimothy Seventeen. It says, "Do you think the weather will have an impact?" Yep. Yes, I do. I hope we run the ball a little bit more. Courtney Taylor asks, "If you could only have five foods on your plate at Thanksgiving, what five foods are you choosing?" This isn't including dessert, right? No. Okay. Give me turkey, sweet potato casserole, dressing, mac and cheese. Had to have to be careful on this last one. Oh, uh, cream corn. Okay. Um, I'm going ham. I'm a ham you're over gross. turkey guy. You're disgusting. I'm taking, I'm taking ham, dressing, um, sweet potato casserole, a roll, and cream corn. Cream corn's so good. It is pretty incredible all right um courtney taylor also asked preferred way to watch the egg bowl i'm guessing she means in person or on tv um you know i'd i'd much rather just be with my family watching it on tv i'd i don't have to be there yeah probably on tv yeah uh, especially the past couple of years when it's just been i mean it's always gonna be cold i guess but freezing cold and raining and misty last year i wasn't a huge fan of that um and we lost, so yeah, I'd just rather watch it on TV. Um, next question is also from Courtney Taylor. She asked, this is her last question. It says, does Christmas music start before Thanksgiving or after? I'm not a big Christmas music guy, but I'm a big, like, Christmas guy. Mm-hmm. Do you feel I that? Think, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely decorate for Christmas way before Thanksgiving. So listen to the music if you want. Um, I'm not, I'm, I guess I'm not huge on it either. I listen to it here and there, but... Um, yeah, you can listen to it. I like hearing it when I go in stores. Ooh, that's a good that's a good take. Right but there. like, I I'm not just gonna sit and listen, you know. Mm-hmm. I like it. I, I like, like it. I like hot chocolate. That's Christmas. I like cider. Oh, dude, we have some cider. Put some cinnamon in it. Dude, it's really Egg good. Talk. It's really good. Is cider allowed before Thanksgiving? Yeah. Um, when is eggnog allowed? I think eggnog is strictly Christmas, meaning strictly f- after Thanksgiving. For, okay, well, I was about to go buy some, so. I I love some eggnog. Dude, eggnog, Vanil- why did we never have eggnog? a nice nog together? We had, we shared many a pumpkin pie. <laughs> I think we might have shared two, but. I think we um, did share a nog once. Did we? I know we shared a Jubilations cheesecake one time, no free ads. Um. But yeah, I think there was two anyway. pumpkin pies in there. A lot, lots of bags of chips, maybe mm-hmm. two. Um, all right, next question comes from Courtney's twin sister, Casey Purvis. Thoughts on Dan Mullen coming back? Happy or sad? I would, I mean, on the off chance that that does happen, color me thrilled. Yeah, I'd be pretty. I'd be pretty happy. I. I think our ceiling with Dan Mullen is already proven to be higher than any ceiling Mike Leach could bring us. Um, and I, I just think you'd have to be happy with it. Um, yeah. Um, Drew Robinson asked, Lane Kiffin leaving, Dan Mullen returning. What's going on here? Um, Wake up, yes. babe. We're going back to 2017. I mean, 2013. <laughs> And then Hugh Freeze is coming back to Ole Miss. Um, a lot of these questions revolve around the Leach uh, Kiffin stuff. Um, 
I mean, obviously so. Brooks Taylor asks, fire Leach if we lose. Think Kiffin is gone like everybody else? I do think Kiffin is gone. I think Leach still has another year to prove himself. If he loses this Egg Bowl and next year's, that will be it. Yeah. Um, but I, I think we will give him to the end of the season next year, regardless of what happens in the Egg Bowl. Brooks Taylor also asks, should we look for another coach or at least be on the lookout? Um... I'm I'm sure if Leach is stepping down, which is the only rumor I've heard, um, we are already looking for a coach and presumably already have our guy. Uh, I mean, maybe not already have the guy, but I'm sure he's already. Oh yeah. But I'm I'm sure that like, if he just announces that he's he's not coming back, like I'm sure it won't be news to our athletic yeah. department yeah um it won't be the first time they've heard about it next question and the last question from instagram i have a couple more uh from uh, from elsewhere but brooks taylor asks would you rather kiffin or leach if you had to choose between the two kiffin 11 out of 10 times i would choose lane kiffin um i i don't hate leach i mean i would choose leach over several coaches even in the sec um but Lane Kiffin is a top five coach in college he's, football. He's a top five offensive mind, mm-hmm. but still waiting on some other stuff. I mean, he has been fired multiple times. Yeah. So, I mean, you don't really know. So, but but yeah, he's a top five offensive mind. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, like I, I I expect Auburn to be a consistent top ten team under him. Um. The talent that he has, and just because it's Auburn, they will lose games that they're definitely not supposed to. But um, anyway, I have a couple more. There's Egg Bowl trivia from the Purvis family, um, and one of this one is from Dana Purvis herself, Courtney's mom. She said, "What was the highest scoring Egg Bowl on record? Do you have any idea? Uh, no clue at all." Okay. I'm assuming so, you looked up on Winzipedia. Uh, she actually supplied me with the answers in her text. So, um, 20, it's actually a tie. Two Egg Bowls have combined for 75 points. Uh, 2016, we won 55 to 20 in just a blowout of Shea Patterson. And then 2000, Ole Miss won 45 to 30. Uh, so, both of those combined for 75 points. Uh, and then... Last one from Keith Purvis. It's another Egg Bowl trivia. He said, what was the last Egg Bowl when the winning team didn't score a single offensive point? And I didn't know this one either. He supplied me with the answer. In 1996, we won 16-0. to zero. Uh, We had a safety, a pick six, and a fumble return for a touchdown. And with less than a minute in the game, Jackie Sherrill chose to go for two to rub it in and make it a 16 to nothing game. That's but, disgusting. Um, I really wish I had seen that one, actually. It seems like it would have been fun. Um, but yeah, that's that's all that we have for today. I'm sure you're ready to go. You're ready to stop hearing our voices. But we have been so glad to bring you uh, another season of Mississippi State football. We're probably going to do a um, bowl a week. Uh, or, yeah, a wrap-up of the season. There may, be, there may be two more episodes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we're just going to do whatever we feel like doing. So, um, 
it's been it's been a fun season uh, to talk about football. Not as fun to watch it, especially these past this past month, really. Um, but man, it's it's always fun to to have a podcast, do a podcast, and and talk about Mississippi State football. Um, thanks, you guys, for listening, and we will be back next time on Going for Two with Jack Taylor. Hey, can you remind me what is the guy's name that uh, broke the news on Kiffin going to Auburn? Sorry, I can't hear you over the loud music. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Um, What's the guy's name that broke the news to uh, uh, the Auburn? Um, like it Lane was like going to John... Luke, what was it? Suckle these nuts. <laughs> Got him. What's your favorite fast food? It's the fast food that has the four for four. Hmm. Has a frosty. Mickey D's uh, 